Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Happy St. Patrick's Day, and welcome to episode 12 of Defenders of the Bank with your boys, Philly and The Scarf. Again, this is our St. Patrick's Day edition. LAFC on the road against New York City Football Club at Yankee Stadium on St. Patrick's Day. And what a game it was. Scarf, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I know you were out there with the Cuervos, so a special thank you to the Cuervos for hosting Philly today for an incredible time out at El Tejano in North Hollywood. It was not too far from my house. I got to say, it was a really, really good time. Our supporters groups, not only the Cuervos, but all the other ones, there were so many LAFC watch parties going on throughout LA County area and outside in the Inland Empire and as well as in Orange County. And I don't care what anybody says about anything. We really do have the best supporters group in the MLS, and it was very evident. We were out there, as Scarf mentioned, with the Cuervos, and there was singing, there was chanting. I felt more part of the 3252 today on the road at a bar than I ever felt at any other game. It was incredible. What do you think, Scarf? Yeah, you know, it seemed like it was deja vu all over again with the result of this game. Of course, last year's game ending 2-2. What I love is all over Discord, all over Reddit, all over Facebook, all over Instagram, all you heard was a bunch of NYCFC fans who were kind of ashamed or kind of sheepish about the way that the game appeared on television because all you could hear was this section of about 300 LAFC fans, most of which obviously part of the 3252. And I mean, really on the Fox Sports 1 broadcast, All you could hear were the sights and sounds provided by the 3252. And you know what's pretty crazy about that? In like er the earlier podcasts, I was alluding to the fact that NYCFC does get 30 to 35,000 fans out there. They only had 20,000 fans today. And being a New Yorker, I'll tell you this. There's probably a bigger emphasis placed on the fact that it was St. Patrick's Day. It was a Sunday, and more people were probably at the bar than they would be at Yankee Stadium. But regardless... Out of the 20,000 people that were at Yankee Stadium today, the small minority that constituted the LAFC faithful, from what I heard from people that were text messaging and Instagramming me was the fact that LAFC was substantially louder than the New York City Football Club supporters group, which they go by the name of the Third Rail, and that has to deal with like New York City uh, Transit, the Third Rail. You never want to pee on that, ladies and gentlemen. If you pee on the Third Rail, chances are you're going to get electrocuted, and more than your third leg is going to die. But, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I just remember hearing this as a little kid, never pee on the Third Rail. Nobody ever told me not to stand on the Third Rail. People always told me not to pee on the Third Rail. And I'm not editing that out. I don't care. And that that was a moment with Philly. Yeah, that was a moment with Philly. But, again, it was... An interesting situation in the fact that once again, we ended up in a 2-2 tie. But you know what? Before we get into the details of the game, we didn't start out the way we normally do. Forgive us. It is St. Patrick's Day. We have partaked in a lot of the St. Patrick's Day festivities. Partaked? (laughs) Did I just say partaked? Yeah. (laughs) We, We enjoyed. We obliged in St. Patrick's Day. We have to talk about this day in LAFC history as well as the happy birthday. So... For this day in LAFC history, I'm going to transition this over to The Scarf. Hey, that's me. All right. So this day in LAFC history, it's a short one, and it transitions nicely into our birthday segment because this day in LAFC history, it is the birthday of possibly the greatest U.S. female soccer player of all time. She is also an LAFC owner, and of course, husband is Nomar Garcia Para, but that's Mia Ham Garcia Para. Happy birthday to Mia Ham Garcia Para. 
how cool it must be to be Mia Hamm and to know that you and your 1999 U.S. World Cup soccer team was not just the darling of our nation, but was a touching off point and an inspiration to so many young girls and women out there, not just to get into sports, but to get into whatever that they thought they felt they could, because the example shown by the 1999 U.S. Women's World Cup team was one of perseverance, was one of integrity, and was one of a championship. And I got to say, we at Defenders of the Bank, we've talked about this a little bit, we stand completely behind the U.S. women's national team absolutely, and their quest for equal pay, equal representation as our men's national team. Look, I love our men's national team more than anything else in the world, but the only team that has stars on their jersey are the U.S. women's national team, and they deserve equal pay, equal billing, equal footing, equal rights, equal everything as the men's team does. So Mia Ham garcia Para. Happy birthday. That's our This Day in LAFC history. And I'm going to throw it back to Philly for our birthdays today. The Philly from New York City, funny (laughs) enough. All right, so yeah, he took out my star highlight. Yes, happy birthday, Mia Hamm. You never reveal the birth date and the actual age of a lady, so we will keep that mum. If you're really wanting to know out there in listening land, Wikipedia will tell you. But yes, happy birthday to Mia Hamm. A couple sports birthdays, because we're only going to keep you the sports. Happy 39th birthday. I am a wrestling fan. Happy 39th to Samoa Joe. Yes, Samoa Joe turned 39 today. Happy 37th to Kyle Corver. Bobby Jones, for all you golfers out there, Bobby Jones has passed away, but Bobby Jones, a very, very integral part and a really important name in the world of golf, had a birthday today. Danny Ainge. A star Boo. basketball player. Yeah, you could say that. I know he was a Celtic, but Boo. he was a phenomenal basketball player at Brigham Young University, BYU. Storm and Mormons. For some of you out there, BYU really does stand for boring young undergraduates. But for some of you others out there, it stands for Brigham Young University. Happy birthday to Danny Ainge, the former Celtic. Yeah, fine. Boo. I know we're in L.A. town. Boo. And this isn't a sports birthday, but I love me to rock and roll. I love me to rock and roll. Smashing Pumpkins lead singer Billy Corgan turns 51 on St. Patrick's Day. But these aren't the only birthdays that really matter. I really should, and we really should tie this into LAFC history. Today is the third year anniversary of the birth of Los Angeles Football Club supporters group, the Cuervos. Cuervos turned three today, ladies and gentlemen. And I learned that while I was hanging out with them for the NYCFC game today. Three years old, those guys rock and roll. Happy birthday to the Cuervos. Yeah, I've got two more real quick, and they're both sports birthdays. Don't worry. Happy birthday. 1914 was the birth year of Slingin' Sammy Baugh. And if you're an NFL football fan, you got to go back and look at the YouTube videos or maybe the Wikipedia highlights of Slingin' Sammy Baugh. He was the original great superstar of the NFL Granted, it happened when everything was in black and white, and of course, nothing was televised. But if you haven't had a chance to look up Slingin' Sammy Baugh, this guy was incredible. He kicked, he played defense, he played quarterback, he played running back, an unbelievable player. And I was a swimmer growing up. I swam all through my four years at Loyola High School, loved every minute of it. 
Got to swim against a lot of great athletes. I did not get a chance to swim against 21-year-old. That's right. Happy 21st birthday to Katie Ledecky. And if you don't know who Katie Ledecky is, she is the greatest women's U.S. swimmer going right now. She doesn't win races by a couple of seconds. She wins races by a lap or so and is just incredible to watch out there. If you get the NBC Sports Channel or the Olympic Channel, you got to take a look at Katie Ledecky. So two more. Happy birthday to Sammy Baugh and Katie Ledecky. And now it's on with the show. And with that part of the show comes a little bit of news from Phoenix Rising FC, the unofficial official USL team, of course, of Time to get myself a jersey. your Los Angeles football club. Yeah, you and I are definitely going to make our way out to Phoenix this year. If we have anybody listening who is part of Los Banditos or the Phoenix supporters groups or anything else out there, we are going to make our way out to a Phoenix Rising FC game. There are a couple of games on our calendar. Austin Bold FC has former LAFC player Callum Malice on it, so we may get out there to go see the Phoenix-Austin game. And also, a little-known player for LAFC, he never actually made a roster, but Brian De La Fuente is currently playing for the Las Vegas Lights, and he was a trialist for LAFC in our very first year, one of only a couple of trialists that didn't make the club. So we may get out there to see Callum Malice, we may get out there to see Brian De La Fuente, we'll have to see what goes on with our Phoenix Rising schedule. But this was a big news week for Phoenix Rising FC. Of course, we loaned Javi Perez, Josh Perez, Tristan Blackman, and Schaff Brewer Jr. all out there for Phoenix Rising's opening couple of games of the season. And today, while the LAFC game was going on, Phoenix Rising played a game, and Tristan Blackman played and started, played the full 90 as well as the pro debut of this year's LAFC draft pick, Javi Perez, played a full 90. He even picked up a yellow card in the 11th minute for a pretty serious foul. So he was one of three players. So Tristan Blackman, Javi Perez, and LAFC's own Shaft Brewer subbed in at halftime to play the final 45. It was a 3-3 tie against New Mexico. And if you're not following USL soccer, there's a lot of cool teams playing there in the USL. Of course, we know Carson has a team. Phoenix seems to be our unofficial USL team that we've got. But a lot of other great teams out there, really fun to follow. Some kids start out there and then move up into the ranks. Of course, Tyler Adams being one of those who he's currently over in Europe playing for RB Leipzig right now. Bundesliga. That's right. He started with Red Bulls 2, which was a USL team. So it's kind of neat to see players that are playing in USL two years later. They're all of a sudden playing in the Bundesliga. So that was pretty neat to see three players feature today in Phoenix Rising's game. Of course, Lamar Batista and Josh Perez are also on Phoenix's roster. So we know Lamar wasn't there because he was hanging out with everybody at the official LAFC watch party at the fields today, free which play was pretty LA, cool. As well as Stephen Betashore. Stephen Betashore was also at Free Play LA today. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't actually read that. That's really cool. So yeah, we had Lamar and Stephen both hanging out at Free Play LA in the fields today for the official LAFC watch party. But a lot of cool news there on the Phoenix Rising front. You may see a little bit more news here on Defenders of the Bank about Phoenix Rising if our LAFC guys get to going. But now... It's time to hear about round two of the NYCFC LAFC showdown. And like we said, it was deja vu all over again, right, Philly? It really was. Last season with David Villa, New York City Football Club entered Bank of California Stadium and they ended up in a 2 2 draw. Today's game, not much different, other than the fact that David Villa wasn't in that New York City Football Club lineup. He was hanging pretty. 
in Japan playing for Vissel Kobe along with Iniesta and Podolski. But if you guys keep up with this club, you know for a fact that that was the case. And you did see him play if you happen to be at that game on January 31st. Yeah, the game ended 2-2 two to two, yet again. And it was a completely different New York City football club lineup. And I posted a video earlier about my allegiances because a lot of people know that I grew up in New York. If you listen to the pod, at least you know that part. But my friends out there that know that I had season tickets for NYCFC, they're questioning my allegiance, and they're like, Christian, or Philly, or whatever the heck they call you these days, who are you going to root for? It was simple. It was black and gold. And it really was a heated contest. Heated in the sense that we battled New York City Football Club in a tremendous manner. Now, LAFC coming into this game undefeated, winning two of their first games. New York City Football Club also entering into this game undefeated. No wins, no losses, but yet two ties. And these two teams, the battle of East versus West commenced at Yankee Stadium The thing that shocks me the most, again, is the fact that only 20,000 fans were in capacity today for this game. Normally, that stadium puts in 30 to 35,000, and most of them being New York City Football Club supporters. So it really, really shocked me that there wasn't that many people at the game. I get it. Again, St. Patrick's Day, most people are going to be out around the bars. But the 32-52 and the supporters groups and the fans that were out there let their presence be known. They absolutely dominated the New York City Football Club supporters group, which is called the Third Rail. They absolutely dominated them. We were watching on the TV. It was incredible. My mother and my father were at that game. Of course, I told them that they better root for the black and gold. They were like, wow, you'd swear this was an LAFC home game because of the fact that there were so many fans that were so loud that were rooting for LA. LAFC started out in the same formation they've started out their games, a 4-3-3 combative offense versus NYC's 4-1-4-1 offense. We came into this game with a slightly different lineup, even though we still ran that 4-3-3 formation. We had Lee Wynn that was out because of his hamstring injury. And of course, the last game, Stephen Bateshore took a little bit of the knock, so he was under concussion protocol. So the starting lineup that we put into Yankee Stadium for today, St. Patrick's Day, we started obviously in goal with Tyler Miller. We had Eddie Segura, Walker Zimmerman, Jordan Harvey, which these guys have been regulars. Danilo Silva made his first start in the back line for the black and gold. We had Edward Atuesta. We had Latif Blessing making his first start, as well as Mark Anthony Kay. And, of course, we had Christian Ramirez, Diego Rossi, and Carlos Vela. That was the lineup that we had featuring today. Scarf, go yeah, on. Yeah, something I also want to mention. Congratulations to Nico Hamalainen. That's right, my favorite new nickname of the club, Three Omlauts. He was included in the 18 for the first time this season, and it's got to be really neat. I mean, this kid was signed almost right at the end of training camp. He made his debut late in the preseason for the black and gold and has already now worked his way in to an 18 appearance. So Nico Hamelainen, congratulations. Of course, also in the 18, Andre Horta, who I think is still working back from some injury issues. Mohamed Elmanir, who we've yet to see. Nico Hamelainen, of course. Peter Lee Vassell and our backup goalie, Pablo Cisniega. So, yeah, we had a, a pretty solid roster out there considering Latif and Danilo Silva were starting in the place of Beta and Lee Wynn. And I think now, Philly, what we're seeing is the way that a lot of teams are now trying to play LAFC is by being overly physical from the start. 
I mean, we'll get into this a little bit later, but this game featured 31 fouls. This game featured, I believe, eight yellow cards, five on the side of NYCFC. And we really started to see a much more physical game, even from teams that aren't known as being overly physical. This was a really physical game right from the outset. Yeah, of course. But we ended up leading the game in terms of fouls. I can't say these were fouls that were warranted. I often saw myself yelling at the TV screen. I was at El Tejano partying with the Cuervos, and there were oftentimes there were a bunch of cards and a bunch of fouls that were called that we couldn't believe that they were called. But yes, a very physical game. We're talking about the way some of our players play and, and, and some of the situations that occur. Carlos Vela gets knocked around quite a bit. I remember reading an article not that long ago. It might have been Angels on Parade. We get a lot of our news from them. Carlos Vela is among one of these individuals on the pitch that gets hit harder than the majority of players. And so it was a very physical game. NYCFC, of course, sporting a completely different lineup. The one individual that I was very curious to see. Now, David V is no longer on the roster, but NYCFC shelled out a lot of money for a Romanian player by the name of Alexandru Mitrica. And I'll tell you this. My father is a Romanian individual. I'm a Romanian individual. I'm Italian. He's Italian. Of course, I do have German blood in me, but we did have a Romanian coming in at NYCFC, and... Mitrica was billed somehow as the Romanian Messi. I mentioned this in the last podcast. I don't buy it. NYCFC spent $9 million on bringing this guy over. My dad told me, hey, you need to mention this on your podcast. It's an absolute joke that NYCFC paid this much money for an individual 24 years old that's coming out of Romania. But this guy made his presence felt... In his third game playing in the MLS, that $9 million investment that New York City Football Club ended up making, Alexandru Mitrica off an assist from Maxi Morales. I remember Maxi Morales from the time I was following NYCFC. He ended up breaking in and scoring his first goal in his third game for NYCFC in the 39th minute. A right-footed shot from the center of the box to the top right corner, and that is what opened the scoring for this game. Yeah, you know, Alexander Mitritsu, like you were saying, it, it's a big investment there by NYCFC. Nine million bucks is a hell of a lot of money. Absolutely. So we'll see if, I mean, look, filling the shoes of David Villa, although he has small feet, those are big shoes. And I, I got to be <laughs> honest. Like Gary Gold statement. <laughs> I was channeling my inner Gary Gold on that we one. We love so. you, Gary. We do. So, yeah, I, I think Mitritsu's got his work cut out for him when it comes to filling the shoes of David Villa. But he's off to a good start, scoring a goal here in his third MLS game, but coming right back, and what would be a theme for the game for us, of course, was LAFC and their man, one of the MVP candidates in the league in the 43rd minute, Carlos Vela. Back, back, forth, and forth was an R&B song that was very much popular in the 90s, and that pretty much sums up how this game went. Yeah, Mitrice scored in the 39th minute, and we had a little bit of back and forth. Between now and the time that LAFC scored a goal, we did have a yellow card that was given to Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi didn't exactly have the greatest game that he could have possibly had. And look, we know that not everybody's always going to have a great game here and there, but he ended up pulling a yellow card in the 41st minute. But before the half ended, in the 43rd minute, Carlos Vela, yet again, he impresses me so much. He's such an elegant player. Carlos Vela really is Jesus on the pitch. He ends up scoring in the 43rd minute, assisted by 
our favorite player here at Defenders of the Bank and his first start today, Latif Blessing. We go into the half with a 1-1 tie. NYCFC 1, LAFC 1, hard-fought game, and it was an incredible goal by Carlos Vela. Yeah, you know, coming in after halftime, we took all the momentum away there from NYCFC. They had the lead. We took it right back. And coming in at halftime, of course, is Dio subbing in for Christian Ramirez, something we've seen happen a couple of times here early on in the season. So we had Dio coming in at the half. But in the 62nd minute, we saw Alexander Ring score a goal in the 62nd, like I said, for NYCFC, assisted by Ben Sweat, who... It's got to be kind of neat having the name Sweat on the back of your jersey if you play a sport where you run around a whole lot. So congrats on the assist there from Ben Sweat. But Alexander Ring is one of those players who I believe he's on the U.S. men's national team watch list. He might have been called up once or twice. He's he's a good find there for NYCFC's captain. Yeah, the kid is a solid player. I mean, really, really good. Happy for him that he got a goal, just not the happy that it was against LAFC. So again, we go down 2-1. to But what was the theme for the game is coming back. And, of course, there goes that man again, Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela, being probably one of the most beaten up individuals in the MLS, gets fouled in the box by, of course, Ben Sweat. He was definitely sweating the fact that he fouled one of the greatest players in the MLS. Carlos Vela, in the 76th minute, off of a penalty kick, left foot, bottom left corner, Ties the game at 2-2. And yet again, a back-and-forth, back-and-forth contest. Carlos Vela having a brace in this game. And for the most part, that is how it ended. NYCFC 2, LAFC 2, in a very, very physical competition. Yeah, you know, that goal by Carlos Vela seemed to be in retaliation. He picked up a yellow just three minutes earlier for a foul. And, you know, if you watch the whole game, if they had like spotlight cams, if you could subscribe to there being a camera to just watch one player over the course of the entire game, I would pay money to watch a camera that just followed Carlos Vela. I would also pay money to watch Latif Blessing. Would that have to be a really fast-moving camera? But I, I would love to watch Carlos Vela for the entire 90 and just have a camera spotlight on him the entire time. Because, I mean, the guy gets knocked around. He gets fouled. Look, it is no secret to anybody that watches the MLS that the straw that stirs our drink is absolutely Carlos Vela. I mean, he is one of the, what, maybe two or three most talented players in the MLS. Definitely. A bona fide MVP candidate every time he steps on the pitch. He is the player that you have to watch for. And it just seemed, honestly, like he was a little pissed off after that foul in the 73rd minute where he picked up a yellow. He's got to be thinking, look, I have been getting thrown around this entire game, and I get called for a yellow. So there he goes into the box, picking up the penalty shot. That now makes Carlos Vela 5-for-5 on penalty shots here in the MLS, and there is nobody, nobody I want lining up behind the ball more than our captain, the legend, Carlos Vela. Of course. And again, we mentioned the game ends up in a draw. I can't say it was the prettiest competition. I mean, we ended up getting dominated by NYCFC when it came to possession. We ended up winning the penalty contest between the two clubs. 
And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the jet lag. I don't know if the fact that in L.A. it was 83 degrees. I was quite warm today. Scarf was quite warm today. It was quite nice hanging out with the Cuervos today. I wore shorts for the first time in a while. But in Yankee Stadium, on a much smaller pitch than uh, than LAFC is used to playing, they ended up playing in a 40-degree temperature. And NYCFC, again, not a team that has lost this season. But still, I would have expected the black and gold to come out 3-1. But still, a point is a point, And a point on the road is better than no points. So LAFC remains undefeated this season. Yeah, and I just want to mention one other thing, too. In the 72nd minute, it was the moment that I personally have been waiting for. Congratulations to Adrian Perez. Loyola Marymount. That's right. Of Loyola Marymount University, formerly of the Ontario Fury, in an indoor soccer league. This kid makes his debut in the black and gold in an official MLS game in the 72nd minute, subbing on for Diego Rossi. I was so happy. We've been talking about this kid since he first started trialing for LAFC. Just so happy for the local boy, an LMU product, Adrian Perez. And what's really kind of neat is to see so many local kids out there for LAFC. Of course, we have Christian Ramirez, and now we have Adrian Perez. It gives us a little bit more of something to cheer for, especially for those of us. I know you're not born and raised here in L.A., Philly, but nope. I am I'm a very proud born and raised Angelino. Um, I grew up in Torrance. I was born in West L.A., grew up in Torrance, lived most of my, actually half of my life in Torrance, and the other half now in Lawndale which is right by Hawthorne, which is where Jossie Zardis was from. So I'm a big Jossie Zardis fan, especially now that he's on the crew and I don't have to root for him over at Carson. But really cool to see Adrian Perez of LMU make his debut. Congratulations to Adrian Perez. Now, Philly, there are a couple of other things that we wanted to mention here in MLS News before we close out this episode. And I know for you in particular, that DC United game was a lot of fun to watch. Let's talk real quick about your boy for DC United. All right. I might alienate a few people here. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. There's a guy by the name of Eric Cantona. If you really follow the game closely, Eric Cantona was a Frenchman who played for Manchester United. He kicked a fan at Selhurst Park, and ever since then I've been a Manchester United fan. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Wait, let me get this straight. You're a fan of Manchester United because one of their players kicked a fan? I was 12, and very much a basketball and a baseball fan. I had just moved to overseas. I just moved to Germany. And I started watching soccer because it was dominating the sports channels. And then I happened to catch a Manchester United game. I'll never forget that. Cantona gets angry at a fan, drop kicks him in the head. And I thought to myself, I need to pay attention to this. This is kind of cool. And, of course, Manchester United is one of those teams that was always broadcasted. Look, I am not a glory chaser. I'm a New York Mets fan. That goes to tell you that I'm not a glory chaser. Let's go, Mets. Yeah, indeed. I am not a glory chaser, but I've been a Manchester United fan since I was 12 years old. I'm 38. It's been a very long time. So, Scarf mentioned, I wanted to give a shout-out to our boy, DC United. Played Real Salt Lake. DC United ended up winning 5-0 against Real Salt Lake. Yes, that same Real Salt Lake team that upset us in the playoffs. And Wayne Rooney scores a hat trick. I love Wayne Rooney. The fact that he scored a hat trick against Real Salt Lake makes me happy. That happens to be the same team that we're going to end up facing next week at the bank 
congratulations to Wayne Rooney on your hat trick, your very first hat trick in the MLS. And thank you for beating the pulp out of Real Salt Lake. That's right. There's one little bit of MLS news that we also want to mention before we sign off for episode 12. And that is a heartfelt congratulations to FC Cincinnati getting their first win in MLS. And it couldn't come over a more satisfying team than the Portland Timbers. The Timbers played a terrible game. Congratulations to Spencer Ritchie, the goalie for FC Cincinnati. It's the first win in team history. Kendall Waston scoring in the 15th minute. That was all they would need, but they wound up winning 3-0, especially after Portland went down a man in the 70th minute. They were already chasing three at that point. And right after that, they go down a man, And congratulations. I mean, look, we were in their shoes last year, FC Cincinnati, their first ever win. And it happens at home in front of, I know they sold it out because they posted it on Twitter. We're talking 32,000 plus, I believe, in Cincinnati. An incredible atmosphere it must have been for their first ever MLS game, first ever home win. Congratulations to FC Cincinnati beating Portland 3-0. They annihilated the Western Conference champions 3-0, and it's been a really, really interesting MLS season. As of right now, I am looking at the scores. The Philadelphia Union, yeah, last season you wouldn't have thought twice about the Philadelphia Union, but in the 52nd minute, they are beating Atlanta United 1-0. Yeah, and that's off of a goal by an 18-year-old kid, by the way. This kid is super good. I just got the notice for that myself. Congratulations from distance, Brendan Aronson. 18 years old, scores in his debut for the Philadelphia Union, and I know you're a big Frank DeBoer fan, but his time might be numbered here in Atlanta. I mean, they're not looking very good at all. Clearly, Miguel Almiron's presence is greatly missed. I'm kind of blown away by the fact that the Philadelphia Union, a team that really was relevant last season, is beating the defending MLS champions. But I'll tell you this. It's going to become a very interesting MLS season. The final game of the day was going to pit the Colorado Rapids against Sporting Kansas City. And Scarf and I aren't going to be talking about this on our podcast because it's St. Patrick's Day. And Lord knows we need to celebrate this with Irish car bombs and some Jameson shots. <laughs> Got to do it. It's St. Patrick's Day. I'm sorry. I'm not going to That's right. Right now, that. right now we're hanging out at Philly's house in Burbank at 5.33 p.m. while we're recording this. But we're anxious to see how Benny Failharbor does for Colorado in that last game of the day. But, you know, it really does go to show, you know, the talent pool in MLS is deeper and deeper. And in my opinion, it's the best that it's ever been. You know, Philadelphia Union, their whole season kind of turning around because of Marco, is it Fabian or Fabian? But either way, the guy is a is a legend in soccer. And so Fabian decides to come over to play for Philadelphia Union. And now they have this 18-year-old kid, Aronson, who looks really good out there. A lot of young talent in the MLS right now. I can't wait till they put out their top 22 under 22 like they did last season when we had four LAFC players on it. Obviously, Diego Rossi will certainly be on it again. He might be number one on the list, and in my opinion, absolutely should be. What an incredible week for MLS soccer. And, of course, we at Defenders of the Bank want to thank you for listening to what is now the Dirty Dozen, episode 12 12. of Defenders of the Bank. That's right. Technically, we had that little mini episode on Valentine's Day. But episode 12 here of Defenders of the Bank, you'll hear back from us in about a week. Of course, we are taking on Real Salt Lake 
March 23rd at Bank of California Stadium. Real Salt Lake going into that game down, I believe, three players. They've got two at least coming off of a red card and one more because of injury. Uh, I believe it was Jefferson Savarino, one of their best offensive players, getting called for red in that game. So he's going to have to miss the very next game. And, of course, unfortunately for them, that's against us. So I can't wait until we see this Real Salt Lake LAFC game. Of course, like you mentioned, Philly, they got throttled by the D.C. United 5 nothing. It was indeed Jefferson Savarino in extra time right before the half and Marcelo Silva in the 67th minute. So they'll be down two starters coming into that game. And look, we want to beat them as badly as we want to beat any team. There was this Rush. great Instagram meme of like Homer's revenge list and shout out to whomever you are. I'm so sorry that I don't remember your Instagram name, but we were able to cross off Portland on that list. We were able to cross off sporting Kansas city on that list. And I have a very strong feeling that we will be able to cross off Real Salt Lake after next Saturday's game. Unfortunately, and this is a a little bit of breaking news for our listeners. The scarf will be in the Peru For 10 days, I am taking 17 middle school kids on a service trip to Peru. We're going to be going everywhere from Cusco to Lima, and we're going to be able to see Machu Picchu. We're doing a four-day service project. So that's where the scarf will be. So it'll be a very special episode. Philly, why don't you tell our listeners, after the March 23rd game at Real Salt Lake, we've got a, a very special episode planned. Who's going to be with you in that second and even third chair here at Defenders of the Bank. Yeah, so Scarfy is going to be away on hiatus. He's going to be in international waters. But, of course, the show must go on. And with that being the case, Philly is still going to be here. So the next episode that's going to highlight the Real Salt Lake game is going to still be Defenders of the Bank with Philly, but it's going to include two new names. The Panda, which happens to be my wife, and Scarfette, (laughs) which happens to be the Scarf's girlfriend. So Defenders of the Bank is going to be featuring the Philly. Well, not the. Defenders <laughs> of the Bank is going to be featuring Philly with the Panda and the Scarfette. We're still going to keep it entertaining. We're still going to keep it live. We're still going to keep that analysis in our opinions. But yes, Scarf is not going to be with us, but he's going to return shortly thereafter. But the show must go on. I promise you it's still going to be a fun episode. We are going to annihilate. I saw the red in the feed. We are going to annihilate. <laughs> Real Salt Lake, and we're going to make fun of them. I can't wait to have the Panda and Scarfette on the show. It's going to be fun. Scarfy, we're going to miss you, but we're still going to have one more show because we have to highlight a very, very special day that's going to happen on Wednesday. Why don't you plug that one in right now, buddy? All right, so this is the last little bit of what we're going to have here in Episode 12. For those of you that are listening, please come out on Wednesday, March 20th which happens to be the Scarf's 36th birthday. Ole, 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 ole. Scarf's yeah. birthday, Scarf's <laughs> birthday. Ole, 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 ole. Julius Pepper, has got to get him drunk. <laughs> All right, so in addition <laughs> yeah, to alcohol. the sound that you just heard emanating from Philly. Ole! Okay, okay, hold on. Hey, I have to plug this. It's actually really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's important. Okay, so <laughs> last season... After the playoff loss to Real Salt Lake. The team that we're going to crush next week. Sorry, I'm done. I'm going to That's okay. It. All right, you hold on over there. Sip All right. good. So I was approached by LAFC, 
And the reason why I was approached by LAFC, for those of you that don't know, the reason how I got the nickname The Scarf is because as we're sitting here right now, not including supporters group scarves, I believe I am at 65 different LAFC scarves that I own. And the reason why it all started is actually because I wanted to raise as much money as possible for the Kick Childhood Cancer Initiative that LAFC and the MLS have every single year. The MLS last year decided to donate $5 for every picture that somebody posted on Instagram with their team's scarf and the hashtag Kick Childhood Cancer. So imagine how easy it must be if you just woke up, snapped a selfie with your scarf, Use the hashtag Kick Childhood Cancer on Instagram. You could donate $5 towards annihilating, eliminating childhood cancer by supporting childhood cancer research and childhood cancer programs via donating through Instagram for the MLS. And I said, okay, me being a teacher and working with kids since I was about 13 years old, I said, you know what? I got to do this. I got to do it big. If I'm going to do it, I got to do it like LA wants to do it. We got to do it big. We have to do it over the top. We got to have fun. So I tried purchasing as many different LAFC scarves as I could possibly find. And once that snowball stopped rolling downhill last year, by the end of the month, I was up to 49 different LAFC scarves with a ton of them in my sights after. It has become an incredible thing. And LAFC saw my Instagram last year and said, hey, that was really cool. You know, you donated a bunch of money for childhood cancer. And we really see your passion for scarves. And so they came to me and said, we really want you to design a scarf for next year. And lo and behold, I did. And if you haven't followed either us on Instagram at Defenders of the Bank or my personal Instagram at LAFC underscore the scarf, there are pictures of what the scarf will look like. And we cannot wait Wednesday, March 20th, my 36th birthday, LAFC is hosting an official scarf launch at the team stadium. What is so cool to me about this is that they did one for Latif Blessing when his LATIF shirt came out. They did one for the new era fitted cap launch, which was like our biggest selling cap in LAFC history. They did one for the Farsi t-shirt for Steven Betashore and somehow... They thought that it was important enough to do one for me. I have to say a very big shout out to LAFC Alex. Thank you so much. To Ben, Ben Chi. If you don't know who Ben is, he is an absolute killer for LAFC. I absolutely love him. And and Jeff, okay, look, there, as far as I know, from what I found out being at the LAFC offices, between Marcus and Jeff, they have been the brain trust behind a lot of what is designed in terms of LAFC merchandise. And Jeff, if you don't follow him, I believe it's LAFC Jeff, G-E-O-F-F on Instagram. He designed the Dia de los Muertos scarf. And I know from our scarf community out there and from our LAFC fans, there is no more beloved scarf in the world from LAFC than that Dia de los Muertos scarf. And by the way, quick segue, voting for the Scarf Hall of Fame begins April 1st, and the Dia de los Muertos scarf will certainly be featured on there. But... Jeff designed the Dia de los Muertos scarf and he and I sat down and I talked to him about a couple of things and I said, you know, this is what I really want to do. And I threw out some ideas and then he sent something back and then I peed my pants because it was incredible what Jeff was able to do by putting the ideas that are in my head. Look, I'm a teacher. I teach math and Latin to middle school kids. I do not design anything for a living. And Jeff was able to take what was inside my head and put it there on the computer screen. And I thought, oh, my goodness, 
that's it. Like you got it right there. I mean, we made a couple of small changes here and there, but Jeff is absolutely incredible. And a big thank you to Jeff, to Ben, to Alex, and everybody over at LAFC for helping make this dream a reality. I have been able to work with the team to launch an official LAFC scarf. We are calling it the Golazzo Scarf, and I hope you love it as much as I do. We will see everybody, we hope, Defenders of the Bank will be there Wednesday, March 20th, my birthday at 7.30 p.m. at LAFC headquarters. Be there Come celebrate with us. And then afterwards, Philly and I will be over at Free Play LA. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Though two words, Julius Peppers, have been thrown out quite a bit. Please come enjoy uh, one or two or 12 of those with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. You're going to hear my voice and his voice in a couple of days. And shortly after that, you're going to still hear my voice. And you're going to hear the voice of the panda. And you're going to hear the voice of Scarfette. But until then, we are going to... Hang out. We're going to celebrate the scarf's birthday. We're going to celebrate his scarf lunch. We're going to give him Julius Peppers. Look, I have a very, very big vendetta against him and Julius Peppers. <laughs> the last time him and I hung out, which, no, nah, that's not true. I mean, we hang out all the darn time. But I got not very nice off Julius Peppers. My mission, March 20th, is to get him enough Julius Peppers to the point where he doesn't feel nice. So please, if you're a fan of the show... Help me out. Help me buy the scarf, a bunch of Julius Pepper shots. And when I see you, Wait. it'll happen. Wait, are we sure we want to put all of that on the podcast there at the end? Yes. Okay. This is Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Signing off. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope you're drinking. Everybody is Irish today. I don't care what your nationality is. Everybody is Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Have those Guinnesses. Have those shots. Have those Jamesons. Have those car bombs. I know I will. Bye-bye. Philly's about four or five hours ahead of me, by the way. I was playing softball earlier today. Horse poop. We're like 12. (laughs) And Philly's good and ready to go. So we're going to say thank you to all of our listeners here at Defenders of the Bank. And, of course, you know how we sign off every episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.